0: Hello and welcome to the Pioneers of the Great Awakening. Today we have an amazing man that is standing for God, is standing for this country, is standing for life. And and it's been standing for a while right now. He is the author of the book that talks about Q. And I think he has two books now and maybe more coming And he's also an author that writes sci-fi and writes about healing. And he is a a true, real healer. And uh, his name is Praying Medic. And uh, he he goes by Praying Medic, but his name is uh, Dave Hayes. And we are so happy to have him join us today on The Pioneers of the Great Awakening. Welcome, Dave. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Excited to uh, dig uh, into a little deeper into some of the subjects that are int- that are interesting to our community.
0: So uh, to get started, tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know about.
1: I am learning ham radio. <laughs> uh, God has me on a crash course to become an amateur radio expert, and I've just been watching videos like crazy YouTube videos, learning everything I can about ham radio, antennas, and and all kinds of things. And um, I did not anticipate doing this uh, six months ago, but that is what I've been into lately. Do
0: you think we're going to need that?
1: I do. Yeah, I think we're going to see some communications problems in the not too distant future. And I think God is preparing me to communicate to people through an alternate means, something I'd never thought about.
0: So you think this is a solid way for for people to communicate across the globe?
1: Yeah, I think I think it it is already. Uh, I mean, ham radio was the original internet. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, people were using amateur radio hundred years ago, communicating around the world, and they're still doing it today. Uh, People are communicating here in the United States, they're communicating with people in China and Japan and Russia and Asia, South Africa, uh, Australia, uh, Europe, and I I suspect we're going to have some communications problems in the future, and I think that uh, anyone who learns to use amateur radio is probably going to be ahead of the curve.
0: Okay, well, I keep that in mind because then there's another thing to put on the list. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, we want, I want to talk about I want to talk about um, the most important thing for me and for many people, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's not a thing, it's everything, right? Um, which is our connection to God and, and how because of the nature of the subversion that we've seen worldwide, the most important thing for the controlling, you know, limited people is getting rid of God. And and how can we, um, as patriots, stand up for for what we believe, number one, how we find our connection to life, and, and most important, how we can learn to work with each other, even though we all come from different avenues, different perspectives, different religions, different spiritual traditions. But in my, the way that I see it, not everybody sees it like that, but I I believe that God is the same God for everyone. It it wouldn't be God if he wasn't. And we're just, you know, have different ways of, of, of understanding that vastness that underlies everything in life. So um, what, do, what do you think about this? How, how can we come together as people, uh, you know, understanding that this is what communists wants, you know, get rid of God. And we're, we're basically in a spiritual war right now. And it's, it's how we manage to move through our challenges as people and awaken and help other people awaken. That's going to define this most, you know, th- I believe this is probably the most important time in human history right now that we're living.
1: Well, you've asked a very large question.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> we can, can dissect it in pieces.
1: Yeah. The, well, and you're right. Um, the, the people who want to enslave us um, under their control, the, the fascists, the communists, uh, that's really what they're uh, concerned about is they, they want to control the entire world. And the Great Awakening is an effort to wake people up to the realities of this movement. Um, And it's it's overt. You can see it very plainly in countries like China, but it's covert in places like the United States. Um, These people and this uh, movement, they have infiltrated Places of authority and power in the American government, in federal government, at state government level. Uh, There are a lot of governors of states in in the United States who have been subverted by the Communist Chinese Party. There are members of the U.S. Congress and state legislators who have been subverted by the Communist Chinese Party. Uh, I think Hollywood, recording industry, higher education, uh, Silicon Valley, and, and corporate America has largely been infiltrated by uh, operatives who are working for the Communist Chinese Party. So our, our country has been infiltrated at, at almost every level. With and, and the agenda, the goal is to very quietly subvert our systems and bring them un- under control of China. We're starting to see that there's more and more evidence coming out about um, how our elections have been controlled by the Chinese and how our you know politicians have been controlled by the Chinese. If you look at Joe Biden and Joe Biden's family, uh, his brother Jim, his, his son Hunter, they've been making a lot of deals with China for years. Uh, deals that are not favorable to us, deals that are favorable to China. And, and they do it for money um, and, and, and power. Um, the Chinese have a lot of influence. Uh, they have a lot of influence operations going on globally. And as you said, um, the, the agenda, one of the agendas of the Communist Chinese party is to influence the world with an ideology that And the ideology is that God doesn't exist, and that the state government is the supreme uh, source of power in the world, right? So when you replace God with government, God is no longer your, <clears throat> your provider. <clears throat> government becomes your provider. And, and you can see that happening uh, in many states in the United States, uh, states like California, they're passing legislation and they're creating these regulatory lo- uh, laws that um, make people dependent on the state for everything. And if you look at the way that a state like Arizona is run, uh, we have a very different way of, of doing things here in Arizona than they do in California. Uh, our, a lot of our political leaders believe that we need to rely on God. And we need to decrease the power and scope of the federal government and the state government. And we need to put the the power back in the hands of the people because it's been sliding in this direction, the wrong direction for too long, like California, Oregon, Washington state. They've all sort of become uh, the nanny state where the state is right. The state tells you what is best for you, tells you when to wear a mask, what vaccinations you have to take. Uh, How far to stand behind somebody if they've got a sniffle. And that is the slow creep of communism and fascism. And it's kind of odd because a lot of people who have fallen prey to this uh, soft tyranny claim to be fighting for freedom. And in fact, they're giving away their freedoms more and more every year. So, back to the point about getting rid of God, uh, when, you, when you decide that you don't like the idea of God, you have to have something else that's in control. And, and, and these people want to be in control of everything and everyone. They want to essentially be God. And uh, <laughs> in, in my worldview, uh, God is the, the primary principle behind everything. Uh, when I wake up in the morning... When I go to sleep at night, I wonder what is God going to do with me tomorrow? What is his plan for me? How can I change the world for the better according to his plan? And God speaks to me very clearly about specific issues, right? So, so I'm, I'm doing my best to put God first, um, primarily because when I do, my life works out pretty well. And things work out pretty well around me. When when I follow God's plan, when I let him lead me, things work out well for me. You look at countries that have shoved God to the side. Things are not working out well for them. Uh, at history, you just have to look at history and see what happens to places like uh, Russia uh, under the czars and uh, China under Mao and, and another uh, communist atheistic regimes, it doesn't work out very well. It the government tends to enslave people, and here in America, the Great Awakening and around the world is all about throwing off that tyranny uh, that has been put on us and taking back control of government. and And God, it I think it's absolutely necessary to understand that God wants us to live free, live as free people, not under some kind of governmental tyranny.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's written in the constitution, you know, freedom of religion. This is what the founding fathers fought for. And, and this is where we are right now. It's a, it's a, it's a war that I see is, um, it's being, and, and, and I see, I'm, I think like we're in a place where I'm seeing the tide turning. Like people are not taking the boosters or not taking the vaccines. The CDC is just suddenly saying, well, maybe we don't know what's happening, you know? And it's like, so I'm seeing things like the the, the raid on Trump's uh, 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 Mar-a-Lago totally backfiring on them. Like now more people are, are waiting. I'm saying, okay, this is wrong. Something's really going weird here. And people that wouldn't have otherwise listened now they're seeing it, and, and I, I always, the way I always see this, this is because people are turning back to, our, to our, our greatest gift that we've been given by God, which is our free will, right? To stand up as sovereign people, as individuals, and, and say we are free people. And i'm not gonna take a vaccine and i'm gonna i have this trust this this is beyond faith i know that god is within me is, is i am part of, of the the flow of life right i am here for a reason and so because of that i am not i don't i do not care that you're gonna fire me for my job or that my friends are not gonna like me or they're not gonna invite me for christmas and all that stuff and all of these people that have awakened all throughout, these are the true warriors, and this is the true spiritual war. Having the courage to have that, uh, to know that God is within you—it's God—it's within all of us. That God is is guiding us in, in a way that 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 no other, nothing else can, and and that that force is. I think, in my opinion, I think that that is the force that's really breaking through this this change in the tides, right? Yep. and.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You brought up a good point uh, with uh, the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, right? What, what has Trump been telling the world for the last you know, six years? He's been telling people that federal government is corrupt, that the law enforcement agencies of the government are corrupt, that they're, they've been politicized, that they attack their political enemies, that there is no justice, it's a two-tiered system of justice. And what happened at Mar-a-Lago is proving everything Trump has been telling people for six years. Even people who don't like Trump are now looking at what the FBI did and saying, you know, this is not a good look. Uh, It looks like the FBI is just as corrupt as Trump has been telling people, right? So it's, it's kind of funny to me, it's ironic, because... the the globalist uh, powers that should not be have been slowly trying to uh, take over control of all the world governments. And they had a long-term plan to do this. And they do it slowly, gradually, little by little, incrementally. They just erode away at our freedoms and and first take power from the states and give it to the federal government and then take power from the federal government and give it to a global government, which they control. But that was their plan. And then Trump came along and Trump uh, has set that plan back many years. And I think that uh, they're in a panic right now because they suspect and they fear Trump is going to come back into the white house. And if they don't get this plan in place uh, and eradicate national borders and create their one world government in the next year or two, it's never going to happen. And they know it. And I think that they're taking these desperate measures, attacking Trump and and doing other things because they're kind of in a hurry and they're sort of panicking because they know they have to get it done quickly. And as they do these things very quickly and suddenly, it's waking people up to the truth of, of corruption and it's revealing what, what their what long-term plan always has been.
0: And they're making mistakes because now, you know, we know Trump is a winner. So he's like, you know, 17 steps ahead of them. And so uh, uh, these are speculations, but it, it makes me think he might have even like be prepared for this raid specifically for a purpose. And now you have this whole thing backfiring, right?
1: Yeah, it, it is interesting because if you listen to Eric Trump, And if you listen to Don Jr., some of the things they've said, some of the things that President Trump has put out on social media, um, there is a suggestion there that they anticipated that this is going to happen. Trump had the DOJ down to his, to Mar-a-Lago earlier this year, several months ago. Um, He offered them all access to anything that they wanted. Here's all my documents. Here's all the boxes of it, everything. You can go through it if you want. Uh, and they told him to, you know, secure that room a little better, put another lock on it, and he did. And then they came back and decided to just raid uh, his property, and take all these documents um, in in what in what became a scandalous, large, during the day public raid. Which they then said, "Oh, we wanted to fly under the radar. We didn't want to make a big scene." <laughs> what do you think is going to happen when you send twenty five or thirty? FBI agents into Mar-a-Lago when he's not there. uh, It it made a scene. I think that's what they wanted, but again, it's going to backfire. It's already backfiring. Trump's popularity is increasing his sympathy among Democrats and people who don't like him is rising. And I think that um, things are going to be uncovered in those documents that the, that the DOJ doesn't want to the public to know about. And, you know, we know that Trump de- several times de- ordered the declassification of all those documents. This is a lot of this is related to the Russiagate uh, hoax. And I remember on Twitter, he put out a couple of times I officially order the declassification of all documents related to Russiagate. And uh, Kash Patel has said they've all been declassified. They haven't been made public, but Cash has said numerous times, he was working at the Director of National Intelligence Office, and he and Rick Grinnell declassified all those documents. And he's, it's, he's been scratching his head wondering why these documents haven't been made public. But they ha- he said they've been declassified. So I, I think that uh, the DOJ and the FBI have made some serious mistakes. And <laughs> I think time will, will tell how serious those mistakes were.
0: Yes, and this brings me to this. Uh, you know, lately we got obviously Alex Jones and now David Icke saying that all oh, they support the uh, Santis, right? So uh, on this kind of like sort kind of train of thought, um, how do you address this kind of internal uh, push of of operatives trying to divide the movement by uh, by creating this this? Uh, you know, uh, narratives that are not necessarily, they don't, you know, when you're in alignment with your spirit, with Holy Spirit, you know, you can't sense, you know, is this actually helping us? You know, because it's like, it's desperation. this And what kind of energy you're feeling. And so when I hear these things, I go like, well, obviously like, we know, Alex Jones is like, you know, he, he wanted to, he tried to brought, uh, take control of Q and all that stuff, right? So. I've never felt that energy because it was too combative, the same thing with Wood, you Wood. Know? I originally thought was, Wood was you know, one of the good ones, but then, then it kind of turned weird. What is your perspective on these things? Do you comment on this stuff? Do you let people just say, okay, well, you just, cause there's like, we're in Telegram and Telegram is like the wild west, right? It's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a jungle, right? Yeah. We don't know what's there and then there's everything. And so um, how do you address this stuff?
1: Really good questions. Uh, Okay, so let's start with Alex Jones. Uh, For those who don't know, um, Q revealed back in April of 2018, the fact that Alex Jones and InfoWars tried to co-opt and take control of the Q operation. They were going to initially, and that was the whole point of having Jerome Corsi doing commentary on Q posts. And he started doing that in, I think, December. And then he went through January and February and he would do uh, QD codes on Patriot Soapbox. And the the unstated goal with that was for InfoWars and Corsi and Alex Jones to set themselves up as experts on things related to Q and then at some at one point they were going to then uh discredit Q and take Q's following and bring them over to InfoWars that was the plan and Q exposed that and um, I, I have a lot of feelings about that but I'll just say look um you have to be careful who you follow which is exactly what Q told people be careful who you follow Right. So we know that there are people who have come into our movement, and they've—they're essentially they're infiltrators. They—they—they don't support President Trump. They're not part of MAGA. They never have been, and they never will be. If you go back and look at who was the, the who were the first couple of people who criticized President Trump uh, in. I think it was April or May of 2018 when he sent those missiles into Syria, the 52 Tomahawk missiles. A couple of the large, well-known infiltrators who a lot of people still follow, they got on social media and they said that Trump is a neocon, Trump is a globalist, Trump is going to get us into a war. And they, those people immediately exposed themselves as not being true Trump supporters, They got on the Trump train to build their following. And as soon as they thought that they had a legitimate reason to expose Trump as a fraud, they started criticizing him. And they did this on several occasions. And today, these people are very popular in our movement. And a lot of people forget about what they said about Trump years ago. So, again, infiltrators. And then you've got Lynn Wood. Uh, Like you, I was following Lynn Wood um, for a period of time on Twitter. He's posting Bible verses. He seems like a patriot, although I, I did some digging into his history, and he's always been a Democrat. He's always voted Democrat. And he, after President Trump went down to Georgia in October of 2020, prior to the election, and begged Georgia conservatives to come out and vote, Lynn Wood, right after that, told Georgia conservatives not to vote in the election. And then he did it again in December. They had a runoff election in January. Trump came back down to Georgia in December for the Senate runoff. And Trump, again, was trying to get conservatives to come out and vote because we were going to lose the Senate if we lost those seats. And as soon as Trump left, linwood got back on his social media and started telling Georgia voters not to show up at the polls and don't vote. Right. So. I saw that kind of behavior and I realized, okay, this guy is undermining what our leader, President Trump is doing. And that was all the evidence I needed that this guy was an infiltrator. And there's a lot of other infiltrators in our movement. And again, we need to be careful who we follow. What, it's, it's easy to listen to what people say and think, oh, that's a patriotic person. What you should do is pay attention to what they do because <laughs> what they do speaks a lot more clearly about their motives and what they say. It's easy to talk patriotic talk, but when someone goes out and does something that undermines our movement and especially undermines what President Trump is trying to do, that person can't be trusted. And it's unfortunate. We've, we have a lot of people in our movement who have come in and infiltrated the movement. Uh, they've been sent in. Some of them are paid. Uh, pay, so, some of them are just in in the movement to grow their own fan base. Uh but at the end of the day, if you ask for wisdom, God will give you wisdom, He'll give you discernment, He'll help you see who these people are, uh, so that you can steer clear of them and find the people that are worth following.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And um I think that um it's a it's a kind of like coming back to the to the core of this. Um this is a spiritual war. And I I think that this is kind of like our test to create a new civilization, you know, a completely new reality. And the test is to being able to discern the truth and, and to be able to stand your ground and to know who you are and to know your connection to the divine in whichever way it comes in your religion or your spiritual tradition. And I think that it, this is kind of like coming back to how can we move forward now when there's like infiltrators now that they're like, you know, at this point. And we have this very good example with I'm, I'm going to just, you know, like really um, this is something that I think is very important because I love people. Right. And I love people that love God even more. But we've had throughout a lot of time in the Catholic Church, we've had. Well, we know that the, the Pope is 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 part of the deep state, right? So how did he got there? And then all these, uh, you know, priests being, uh, you know, unveiled as pedophiles, you know. And then you got Lean Wood like being super, like, you know, Christian Bibles of the verse and all that stuff. How can we differentiate, you know, listen to the Spirit that speaks truth, because we have, you know. Wolf in in in, in or I don't know if that's the right word, but you know they're dressed as you know uh, messengers of, of God. How can we how can we listen to that intuition within ourselves to differentiate in this very very spiritual war we're in?
1: That's a very good question. Um, so I, I actually had a dream in October of 2020 before President Trump went down to Georgia and did his rally to get Georgia voters to come out and, and vote in the general election in 2020, I had a dream where God showed me that Lynn Wood was a snake in the grass, that he was not the person he pretended to be. And I have a lot of dreams like that. I have a lot of dreams where God shows me uh, a person's real motives. And I this has been going on for, <laughs> I started having dreams in 2008. And inevitably I'll I'll get into a a group situation or someone will show up on social media or become uh, a person of interest. And I will pray and ask God to reveal to me what that person is all about, what their issues and agendas are. And very often God will give me some, a dream showing that person's true heart, their motives, their agenda. (laughs) And, and that helps me uh, either partner with them or stay away from them. A lot of times, when I um, when someone requests sends a request for me to speak at uh, their church or 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 join with them in a certain project or do a podcast with them, uh, I'll, I'll ask. I'll, I'll ask the Lord. Look, if you want me to do this, let me know. If you don't want me to do this then let me know. <laughs> he has been very faithful over the years to give me spe- very specific dreams or confirmation about who I should and who I should not work with. And whenever I follow his instruction, it turns out pretty well. And whenever I don't follow his instruction, it doesn't turn out very well. <laughs> I just, I just leave it at that. Um, I've I've accepted some interviews and, and that did not go very well, and I should have asked God um, for direction, and I didn't. So I've I've learned uh, to to seek God's heart uh, on on all those issues, and this gets back to you and your question about spiritual leaders and you know the Pope and uh, you know religious leaders of, of various um, persuasions. It's unfortunate that that people use religion as a way to trick people into building a following, you know, people look holy, they look righteous. They, they appear to be, you know, men and women of God. And many times those people are frauds. Uh, They, they are not who they pretend to be. And again, I think the best way to avoid that problem is to ask God to show you specific details about certain people. Uh, Again, be careful who you follow.
0: So definitely it's having a personal relationship with God. Yeah. It's having your prayers every day. Every step you take, you, you say, God, is this is the right alignment. Am I connected? Is, and so listen. And then I guess listen because we're talking in our heads all the time. So it's like, how do we listen? You know, that's the thing. And, uh, and I wrote know, a
1: book on that subject.
0: Excellent. What's the name of the book?
1: Uh, Hearing God's Voice Made Simple.
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent, that's it. Uh, we're going to put all those links on, on the description of this, all of the books and everything. So, um, and it's very interesting also because on the that's kind of like on the you know uh, Christian side, but also on the Gnostic side, you know, it's like, you know, uh, there's like that centered path of like self-responsibility and, and open your heart, connect, and then your brain can fall apart and then you go into like the earth is flat and, you know, how do you differentiate You know, um, and that also happens on the Christian side. You know, there's people really talking about the earth is flat and stuff. So how do how do how can we really listen to the voice of God and stand and also stand grounded here? Because we're here on this planet. We're not, you know, you know, we're here to do a job. And so uh, because there's a. um, on, on there's a lot of, of good information that that we can share that we have from different areas and aspects and spiritual traditions and then as we're centered into in our connection we can listen and say okay that's useful and no that sounds off and whatever you know so number one that connection very important at every step in every moment but we have um you know like that going off the cliff You know, it's like, how do we like, let's say we're having dreams and then suddenly, but how do we differentiate that the dreams are actually from God and not the hat trick? Well,
1: that's a really good question. (laughs) I wrote a book
0: (laughs) (laughs) called
1: Dream Interpretation Made Simple. Another one. Okay,
0: that's easy answer.
1: So uh, there are, um, gosh, that's a huge subject uh, to discuss. I, I can only speak from the perspective of, of two viewpoints. One, I, I lived as an atheist for most of my life, and I know the atheist viewpoint very well. And then I became uh, a born-again, Bible-believing, tongue-talking, miracle-working Christian. <laughs> that's, that's the other perspective that I can speak from. Uh, I don't know much about Gnosticism. I, I've never been a Buddhist. I, I don't know much about you know uh, the the new age and and esoteric philosophies. So I can't really speak from those perspectives. I can speak from my perspectives. And um, I, I have learned personally, and i've and I've trained and taught a lot of people who have been Buddhists, who have followed various new age belief systems, who have been agnostics and atheists. I have trained those people how to develop discernment, how to connect to God in in a more powerful way, how to discern uh, the the voice of God from all the other voices that are out there talking, how to discern the voices of evil spirits. That's all in the book, Hearing God's Voice Made Simple. And then you get to dreams. Um, I believe that most of the dreams people have are messages from God, symbolic messages primarily. And uh, God is trying to communicate important messages to us through our dreams. And a lot of people don't understand their dreams because they never take the time to learn about this dream symbolism. There are, there, there's a set of symbols that God will use in, in each person's dream life. And if you take some, some time, and learn to decode those the settings, the the houses, the buildings, the people that you're meeting in your dreams, the things you're doing, the colors the numbers that show up. If you'll take a little bit of time and and start decoding those symbolic uh, elements of your dreams, uh, some very beautiful messages will will appear. And that's one of the things I, I really like doing is helping people understand how to interpret their dreams Not a week goes by when someone doesn't email me with what they think is a very strange, abstract, pointless dream. And when I work with them for just a few minutes, they suddenly realize, oh, my gosh, that is so profound. All I had to do was understand what this and this meant. And the whole meaning of the dream is is obvious. So um, that's one of the things I like doing is helping people understand, you know, the various ways in which God speaks. He speaks through visions, dreams. He speaks through art, music. He speaks through film. He speaks through the circumstances of our life. God is always speaking to us uh, in many ways. Most people don't understand that that circumstance that you just went through with your family member, God is trying to teach you something through that experience. He's trying to develop some character trait in you. He's trying to uh, maybe reach you and and do some emotional healing on trauma that you've had in the past. God is always trying to upgrade our, our, our experiences in life. And it's unfortunate. A lot of people don't understand that God is always trying to bring us to a better place in life.
0: That's absolutely right. Yes. And I, I think that um, coming back to kind of like the original question from the beginning that was so long, it's kind of like we're still dissecting little by little. I think that um, it's very important that we learn about each other like we're like neighbors, you know, in in this in this in this crusade, we're in this in this this journey we're in right and and to learn to differentiate like there is definitely a subverted part of the new age movement that is just pure bullshit and Satanism. But uh, but there's also uh, the part that it's that is incredibly beautiful and I, I wouldn't even call it new age it's like, that's kind of like climate change, you know, it's like, what is climate change, right? it's like trying to put a bunch of different uh, education or different paths, different ways of understanding things into one thing that can be coerced and then subverted and then sold to the masses and, and packaged and everything. So I think that um, uh, what do you what I, I actually want to hear what you think about um, how can we learn to to work together as 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 people understanding that we just have different ways of listening to the same message and different ways of of working with this message when we have all these different traditions and spiritual you know religions all throughout the world all people we all have you know dinner together we all have families we all have you know friends and and we're all trying to move through our life forward right how can we how can we come together and, and unite in this, in this journey of awakening and helping this world move forward through this transition.
1: Well, I didn't mean to sidestep that question when you asked it at the beginning of the interview.
0: <laughs> it's just so long. Yeah.
1: yeah although I did, I did kind of uh, get, get off track. Uh, so that's a fair question and it's a very important question, right? So what has Q been telling us for the last five years? Q has been telling us that our strength is in unity, that uh, the deep state, the cabal, the globalist leaders, whatever you want to call them, their strength lies in um, isolating us and and putting us in little tiny groups and getting us to fight amongst each other, right? So why do they um, emphasize things like race, Why are they always trying to pit blacks against white, Hispanics against white? Why are they always focused on race? It's because they don't want us to be united. Why do they attack some religious groups? Why do they demonize certain groups of people? Again, it's if they divide us, if they can get us to fight amongst our different religious beliefs, uh, we're not going to unite and we're not going to fight against them. They want us fighting amongst ourselves. <clears throat> Why do they continually push class warfare? The poor against the rich. What, you listen to members of Congress. They continually talk about uh, how the rich are, 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 um, need to be, uh, their, their businesses need to be regulated we need to take money from them. It's unfair what they're doing. The, the, under, the, the lower class is always being ripped off. They, they cast the lower class, poor poor people, in the role of the victims and wealthy people in the role of the oppressor. That's actually what uh, Marxism is all about. The whole, the whole idea of Marxism is that there is an, a, a lower class that is the victim, And there is the upper class, the aristocracy, that is the oppressor. And Marxism is purely a class warfare ideology. And they use that here in in, in the United States and other countries to pit us against each other so that we'll fight and be jealous and feel like we're being oppressed. And we'll donate money to causes and spend all this time trying to fight some other class of people. Right. That's that's just what they do. Their system is completely runs on dividing us among all these different groups and having us continually fighting each other. Right. So that's their plan that if that's their plan, then our plan has to be to come together and set aside the differences. If you're poor, you you have to get over the, uh, the fact that you're poor and that somebody else, you know, worked their butt off and made a lot of money. Uh, if you're Catholic, <laughs> you have to have some grace for people who are not Catholics. Look, I, I'm not a Catholic. I was raised Catholic. And I consider myself to be sort of a, uh, a, a Protestant in the uh, Pentecostal or charismatic tradition. But I have so many Catholic friends in, in, in the Great Awakening. And I have a lot of friends who are not. They're not Christian. They're, they're Buddhist. They're, you know, they follow New Age belief systems. I have friends of every different religious persuasion. And the reason why um, I, 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 I'm friends with them is because we have a common goal. It's not religion. It, you know, I, I, I have my own issues. Like I, I want to see people healed. I love praying for people to be healed. That's my thing. But I don't force that in other people. I don't. I try not to force my religious views on other people. Uh, what I what I try to focus on is when I, when I'm in a in a group of people with various uh, diverse belief systems, I try to focus on the thing that we all agree on, which which is look there's a there's a battle of there's a lot of evil people over there and there's all these people here who are trying to throw off this yoke of slavery and bondage and we are fighting against them, this globalist cabal, the deep state, that's what unites us. And so I I really try, whenever it's possible, to encourage people uh, to set aside even their political differences. Look, um, liberals and and Democrats are not evil people. Uh, Liberalism is not a mental disease. When we demonize people of a different political or religious viewpoint, we are making them our enemy. We cannot, we cannot then influence them. If we demonize them, we have to see them the way God sees them. God loves them. God has a heart and he wants to see them blessed. And we have to take the attitude of, I want that person to be blessed. I don't want to make them my enemy. Uh, if God has given me some, some insight, some intuition, some revelation about their life, about what we're doing, our movement, I want to influence that person and make their life better. I can't do that by uh, calling them names <laughs> and, and, and marginalizing them. So our movement is all about bringing people together from all different perspectives, political perspectives, religious belief systems, socioeconomic uh, status. That is the thing that we we have to do. We have to set aside our differences and focus on the one thing that we all want, which is we want to get our countries back. We want to live in freedom from tyranny. And, and I think that's a cause that's worth fighting for and uniting behind.
0: Yes, absolutely. Now, on that vein, on that train of thought, how would you be addressing people that are unvaccinated versus vaccinated people? Like, is this is this similar? doesn't matter. <clears throat> it's doesn't just, matter.
1: It's, it's just another difference that some people are using to try to weaponize uh, an agenda and ha- have the them versus us. They're vaccinated. They don't have any brains. They're sheep. They, they don't have any common sense. And then we're the ones who are not vaccinated. We're open-minded. We see the truth. And we're better than those people. And it's, that's really what it is. It's we're better than they are. <laughs> Right, it's another point that people are using to polarize the population into two different groups. It's us against them. And we cannot live that way. We cannot live in an us against them uh, mindset other than those corrupt people at, at the top of all the power systems who are trying to bring us under their control and make us slaves. It's us against them. It's not us against the, the vaccinated or, the, or whatever. It's that's just another, uh, I think, false
0: dichotomy, and we can't fall into that trap. So we're one whole family, and we need to act like a family and stick together. And
1: look, and it's, a lot of people. My my, my son took the vaccination, all right, because uh, he travels, and he understood there's no way he's going to be able to travel if he didn't take the vaccination. He didn't want to. He he didn't think he needed it, but he took the vax, and I was like, okay. Well, it's fine. It's your decision. You know, you're, you're a grown man. Uh, I'm not in control of you. And I don't hate my son. I don't despise him. I don't think less of him. He made his own decision, like every other decision. I'm not going to tell him what he needs to eat for dinner, what clothing he can wear or what car to drive. And I'm certainly not going to tell him, you know, don't get the vax. I mean, after he told me he got the vax, I was like, well, you may not want to get the booster. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. you know, think about that before you, before you act, you know, just take it under consideration. So, you know, I, I have friends who have been vaccinated. Uh, some of them didn't think, you know, it was a big deal. I, I don't hate them. I don't despise them. And I don't look down on them because they took the vax. Uh, it doesn't make them evil people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And how can we address this stuff in a way that we can reach the mainstream? Or how would you, and how you've been doing this for a while, but it's like, we're kind of preaching to the choir a little bit here because if we're gonna talk about you know, on vaccination and all of that stuff and talking to the people that are under mass formation psychosis, we have to really have some sort of a little bit more of finesse or, st- or something or, or guidance. How, how, how would, what would you recommend?
1: Yeah, well, that's a really good question. You, you ask really good questions all the way around, by the way. <laughs> I, I haven't had a bad question yet. Um, that that's really uh, kind of the, the meat and potatoes of what we're trying to do. We're trying to awaken as many people as possible to the realities of corruption, right? So, what does that look like? Well, I <laughs> I don't want to say I don't know what that looks like, but in in my sphere of influence. I primarily deal with people who are awake. They've been part of the great awakening. They've been following Q. They know about corruption, right? So uh, in, in, to a large degree, I'm preaching to the choir, All right? But what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm trying to provide information to people who are not preaching to the choir. Like Mary Grace is a good example. My friend, Mary Grace, she has a YouTube channel and uh, sorry, uh, Rumble channel. She also has a Facebook page, unlike me. <laughs> She's reaching a lot of normies on Facebook. Okay. A lot of people who are sort of still in the little fishbowl and they're not quite completely awake. So I give information to Mary, and Mary passes it along to normies who are not awake yet. We're still sort of a lot of them are uh, listening to the mainstream media. Little by little, We have to give information to whoever is willing to receive it. If someone tunes into her broadcast, um, they're liable to run into some information that's going to help them wake up to the truth. And and that's what I do with my articles, podcasts, videos. I'm I'm a person who is big on training and equipping. I like to train and equip other people to to do certain things. Uh, I may eventually do some videos on ham radio. Ham radio made simple Uh, because I like to teach. And and a lot of the information that I I get, I pass along to other people and I say, look, take this information and then pass it along to your friends and family, to people in your sphere of influence who are not yet awake. Um, It's because we are not the mainstream media, but we are the news now. Uh, It's word of mouth, it's talking to people, you know, at restaurants and grocery stores, talking to your friends and family, talking to people on on social media, and just provoking them to think outside the box. That's what Q always told us to do: is you know expand your thinking. Uh, and I don't think we necessarily need to um, need to insult people and, and degrade them because of what they think. I, I think a more effective approach is to ask questions. Why did Q, in the first 150 posts, just ask a lot of questions? One question, after another question, after another question, after another question. Who is this person? What is military intelligence? Why is this relevant? All these questions, the Socratic method. Because when Q asked questions, people had to go and research and find out the answer. And when you research, for yourself, you might find answers. That's what I did. When Q first brought up the Titanic, I didn't know a whole lot about the Titanic. And Q asked all these questions about the Titanic. Were there certain wealthy people who were invited on the Titanic? Um, who wasn't allowed to go into the lifeboats? How did they identify the bodies after the wreckage? Uh, you know, and, and all these questions, I had to go and do research. And I learned a lot about the what really happened with the Titanic. And uh, it's that, that is a, an entire narrative I had no idea about until I did the research. So when it comes to talking to normies, I think a good approach is asking them questions. Like, you know, if, if you're having conversation about what the raid at Mar-a-Lago in the FBI, ask them questions about the FBI. Uh, do you know who Peter Strzok is? Uh, do you know what the, do you know what the, what the, uh, Nunes memo is, you know, do you know about this? Do you know about that? If you don't you want to go do some research and look it up. And in, in, in that way, you're, you're giving people hints and crumbs and clues where they can go and do their own research and come to their own conclusions. Because at the end of the day, uh, this, this is probably the most important thing when it comes to red pilling people. And I've learned this personally. Q did not come out and give us information. Q had us go and research certain topics, and when we did the research, we came to our own conclusions. I came to my conclusions. You came to your conclusions, and the people in the that are listening, they came to their own conclusions, and they're not all the same. That Q used that particular uh, method of teaching. Because Q knows if I tell you something and state it as a fact, it's only a fact in your mind until someone comes along with another argument and convinces you that my argument is wrong. Then you're not going to believe me anymore. You're going to believe them because they had a better argument. But if you go out and do your own research and you, come to, you find the facts and come to your own conclusions, no one's going to talk you out of what you believe anymore. Because, because it's, you found the truth yourself. It's, it's when you find the truth yourself, it becomes permanent. When someone tries, when someone tells you the truth, it's temporary. But if you find it yourself, it becomes a relatively permanent thing. It becomes part of your belief system. And that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to encourage people to do their own research and come to their own conclusions.
0: Absolutely. That's exactly right. I, I I think the same thing. It, it just really ask questions and help them think for themselves because people want to think for themselves, you know, otherwise we're all just you know slaves following orders, right? <laughs> so um, what is your vision for humanity's future or the vision that you've got from God?
1: I like this question. Uh, I uh, not too long ago, just a few years ago, I thought that the earth was going to be soon destroyed. And that uh, it was going to fall into chaos and darkness and evil and the Antichrist would, would appear on the scene. And next thing you know, the sky is full of meteors and everything's just going circling down the drain. That's, that's what I thought was going to happen um, six, seven years ago. I have a different view now. Uh, We all know that the New World Order is a thing. Uh, The New World Order was being constructed over the last, I don't know, probably at least 75 years. Um, uh, Governments and powerful people like, like the Rothschild family and other families have been slowly building this new world order, which is really a one world government, and they probably would have succeeded uh, until Trump came along, (laughs) and Trump threw a wrench in their plans, and Trump has been dismantling the new world order for the last six years, and when he comes back in office, and he is going to come back in office, he's going to finish what he started, Uh, I have every reason to believe that Trump is going to come back and he's going to crack some skulls in Washington, D.C. He's going to drain the swamp. He's going to end the new world order. And I think we are going to live in a time of of uh, of peace and prosperity. I think the wealth that the wicked have stolen is going to be repatriated to us. I think that the cures for diseases that they have hidden from us are going to be revealed. I think we're going to be living in. A much better, much different world from the one we have
0: right now. Absolutely, yes. This is this is what happens after we pass this test. You know, this is this is our this is our celebration party.
1: Yep, year of jubilee.
0: Yes. So, uh, what is your favorite quote?
1: What is my
0: favorite
1: quote? Boy, that is. That's a uh, good question. I, I I I have a lot of favorite quotes. <laughs> I I often quote the movie Top Gun, uh, especially especially to my kids, and my <laughs> my daughter. Every time, like about once a week, she'll text me, "Hey, Dad, have you seen the new Top Gun movie yet?" I'm like, no, I haven't. She goes, "You need to see it. It's really awesome. I've seen it like five times. I haven't seen it yet." So, uh. What is- it's really good. What is my favorite quote? Uh, let's see. Um, I really like this quote, and it's actually—I think it may be something—a quote that I came up with myself. It's—it's it, it's an idea of my own, I believe. I've—I've I've heard this idea expressed by other people in other ways, but uh, my favorite quote that I use most often is. If you want to change someone's mind, love them unconditionally.
0: Absolutely.
1: That, that has Absolutely. become the, the central idea that I wake up to every day. If I'm going to change somebody's mind about the, the, the world we live in, the first thing I have to do is I have to show them unconditional love because nothing else matters until I do that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what what where can we find you? What's uh, you know what do you want to share with us? Something specific, maybe you have a book coming, just you know what you have going on. You know, we're gonna put all of these links in the description, but if you want to okay. share some of that with us here.
1: Yeah, the thing I'd like to share with you all is um, learn amateur radio now. I have a feeling that in the not too distant future you'll be glad you did. I'm uh, <laughs> just I, look, I've had nine weeks straight of almost nothing but dreams about ham radio. I'm learning every aspect of ham radio in these dreams. I'm learning to, how to measure things. I don't even know what they mean when I have the dream. I'm, I'm learning how to, about grounding radios and antennas. I'm teaching people how to use various... I, in one dream, I was teaching people how to use a device that I invented for ham radio uh, and antenna use. Um, I really, I know it sounds crazy, but I think if, if you want to be ahead of the curve, I think you should start looking into amateur radio because I think it's going to be a workaround for some things that are coming. And uh, that's just been, that's what God has been showing me. So uh, my website is prayingmedic.com. That's where my articles, videos, podcasts, and books can be found. That's my main website, prayingmedic.com. You can also find our ministry on prayingmedic.org. So prayingmedic.org has a lot of videos on there about uh, learning to hear God's voice, learning about healing and miracles and deliverance, if those things interest you. I have a lot of videos, podcasts, and articles on that website. You can support us financially if you're, uh, if you're into supporting content providers. Uh, we have a a nonprofit church ministry. We're a 508C1A, we're a and we receive donations on prayingmedic.org. Uh, I'm on Telegram. Uh, you can just look on Telegram, search for my channel. It's the one that has, I think, 175,000 followers on Telegram. I'm on Truth Social, and I'm posting a lot more on Truth Social lately. You can just find me there at praying medic and those are the social media platforms I'm active on right now.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Dave, for stepping here into uh, the pioneers of the Great Awakening. You're definitely like leading this charge and we're so proud of, of what you know, you've done and how we've come together and you bring people together. Thank you so much. Most important is love people unconditionally, no matter what. Yep. And thank you so much. And if you wanna learn more about uh, Planet making and the pioneers of the Great Awakening, you wanna to go to jorn.tv, that's J-O-U-R-N.tv. And you can also, we have a coaching program where we help people get through their dark night of the soul, and you can click that on the support button. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Dave, for, for sharing this moment with us. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me on the show.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye.